Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. Hey, it's Bobby Anthem from the Inhuman Experience Podcast. Listen, this bonus episode is an appearance by my fellow Inhuman Bobby Blades on the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. They can be found on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are heard. Follow them on Twitter at AlienConPod. Be sure to let them know how much you enjoyed the show and that you really enjoyed hearing our boy Bobby Blades represent the Inhumans. Don't worry, Blades and I will be back soon with more of our usual nonsense, but for now, enjoy the show. Okay, today we have a special guest, Bobby Blades from the Inhuman Experience Podcast. Hi, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thank you for having me on your show. Pleasure to have you, man. Thanks for coming. How did you guys start your show in the first place? Ah, well, we started off as um, wanting to do a podcast, but kind of procrastinating. And then we ended up on a wrestling podcast. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Uh, so we did that for a little while, and the whole time we were doing that, we we're like, you know, we got to start our own thing. Mm -hmm. And we were just searching around topics for creating a podcast, like, you know, just trying to figure out what do we want to do. And we realized that we both like, because we started off um, how Bobby Anthem and I got together. I probably should have said that first, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, we started off like uh, we've been rappers for years. Um, and I met him on Twitter and I sent him some of my tracks and he was like, Hey, we got to work together. And like that, we kind of got started like that. We called ourselves the Inhumans. Okay. Um, so we started making music first and then I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't know what kind of podcast I wanted to do. Um, and it turns out that we were both into like, uh, ancient aliens and ghosts and shit like that. So... You know, we just uh, 
kind of connected on that level there and we created the inhuman experience since the name was already there for us you know that's got to be one of the coolest names i've seen for a podcast it's oh, really awesome you. Well, it's not not a bad name for for a rapper either, for a rap group. It, it almost <laughs> kind of reminds me of a uh, uh, Deltron, the the funky Homo sapien. Oh yeah, Del. <laughs> He's cool. That's man. one of my favorite right there of all time. So, have you had any paranormal experiences or UFO sightings or anything like that? I'd like to say yes, but honestly, no. I mean, as a kid growing up, I used to think my house was haunted but it was probably just my imagination. You know, like mm -hmm. sometimes doors would close, I would hear sounds in the middle of the night, and it didn't help that I had older sisters that would always tell me that the house is haunted and there's <laughs> ghosts in there and stuff. So yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty wild imagination. Yeah, I wonder sometimes if that has more to do with, you know, how children seem to see more things than adults do. I wonder if it's just imagination or if something shifts in the closet we interpret it as just being something shifting in the closet where a child will certainly think that it's a ghost or something. Oh, absolutely. Might be because our minds are open to open to more things as at a young age. Yeah, that's I think that's definitely a possibility as well. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite case file so far that you've done on your show? The one on that we've done on our show, my favorite would probably be. Hmm. I've had a few, but I liked um when around, I think it was episode two or three, where we did the Anunnaki, and I want to revisit that one again with hopefully more research this time. That's pretty cool. So, how, how like how did you go about? Because I haven't heard this episode. Um, like, were, were you guys talking about like Anunnaki and like uh, how they might be like evidence for like existence of like giants and stuff? Or, uh, well, not just as giants, but um, we approached it kind of like how. I guess where religion came from, like these mm. these uh, creators of humankind were known as our gods, um, and mm. they, but they were actually scientists, um, and then they messed around with our genetics, and this is how humans came out to be, and like that's why we're so violent because we were we have that slave mentality and stuff like that. We were just kind of pondering mm. a bunch of different things, and like it was a really cool episode to dig into. I, if I remember correctly, you guys were kind of just doing a roundtable, spitballing kind of stuff. It was it's a pretty good episode. I enjoyed that one. Oh yeah, yeah. We had um our good friend the Wookie there who used to do his own wrestling podcast, <laughs> but now now he does uh, Archon's Corner. It's a uh, kind of a card game type thing. Oh okay. What kind of like poker or? Oh no, or it's more, like um it's kind of like I think it's Magic the Gathering. Although I've never played or heard of this type of this type of game if you look at the picture that i posted just earlier in the discord channel if you look at where my microphone is those are actually magic the gathering cards that i put on the wall because i like the artwork <laughs> okay yeah i used to have a calendar of uh, magic the gathering that's really cool artwork so cryptids do you have any particular opinion or favorite cryptids or do you think that that sort of thing is kind of uh you know some people think it's nonsense Oh man, I would never rule that out. Although I haven't seen one, uh, probably would be scared shit myself if I had seen one. But we love cryptids. We wanna, we actually wanna do a lot more episodes on the different types of cryptids and classifications. Yeah, I think it's a really fun topic because there's so many people see so many strange things. Most of the time, it turns out to be something ordinary. But once in a while, 
it turns out to be real. Like, for example, the panda bear was apparently encrypted until they actually were able to bring it back to Europe and people said, oh, you know what? We believe you now. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, Walking yeah. teddy bear, get out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Walking teddy bear. Well, wasn't it the same story for, um, like, uh, mountain gorillas in Africa or something like that? It was just, like, a story people were hearing. They didn't have it uh, confirmed until, like, sometime in the 19th century or something like that. I don't know about that one. I haven't read that much about the that one, but I'd, I'd believe it, yeah. I wonder if anyone said that about the Australian animals. Australian animals, you said? Yeah, like the duck-billed platypus before it, before they even knew what it was. You know, they had some strange-looking mm. animals there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, if if you were to have, like, never known about that animal and somebody described it to you, you'd be like, okay, yeah, cool story, dude. <laughs> yeah, half that duck, seems... half something or other. Mm-hmm. Quite, I don't want to monopolize uh, monopolize the guest here. Do you have any questions, Agent ETA, that you'd like to pop in before I continue on down the line with my next one? Well, I do have a statement. Um, earlier when I uh, when I had responded, when you were talking about Anunnaki, I do believe in my mind I mixed up the words Anunnaki and Nephilim. <laughs> that's, what, that's why I asked about the giants. Like, right after I said it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, oh, Anunnaki. yeah, and we actually got into a little <laughs> bit of the Nephilim before during that Anunnaki episode where we were talking about... Um, how like not uh, they didn't create the giants they were the giants or that's kind of our way of thinking because they were supposedly way taller than humans like well and it, it appears to be that way also in some like the megalithic structures that we find around the world too the, the the size and scale of some of those things is just like you'd have to think that people if they were to fit properly within these structures i mean they might be pretty big people and also like the some of the statues I, i've seen some studies on like uh proportions like on statues and also um, in hieroglyphics as well. Yeah, even in those drawings, they have they have really tall, skinny-looking people. Mm-hmm, yeah. Heck, yeah. And um, have you ever heard any of the, uh, about, like, the the stone structures um, in, like, southern Africa that uh, seem to mirror, like, like they're around a lot of the areas where um, they find, like, uh, ancient uh, mine shafts and stuff, supposedly. And you know how, like, the, the stories about, you know, the Anunnaki were uh, mining for gold and stuff around those areas. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard some people talk about how some of these structures are, are set up in a way, I guess they have some, certain, like, uh, resonance frequencies or what have you that, that are, I guess, unique to any other structure that they, they find, I guess. You've heard about those? No, I've never heard about that. I uh, think I wish I had, um, I wish I had uh, the guy's name in front of me. There's, there's one guy that I've heard give lectures on it. And um, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing because a lot of these structures, I, I, it's rarely that I ever hear anybody even talk about them. As far as like, you know, finding megalithic structures in Southern Africa, there's not a whole lot that you hear about in that area, you know. But um, some of these structures are, are pretty interesting just because a lot of them are, um, you know, geometric shapes. And um, they seem to be connected. A large area of them are connected. You know, but they don't they don't uh, correlate with any of the, you know, the civilizations that we we've, we've known about in Southern Africa. Yeah. Hmm. And that's that's very interesting, too, because like I'm thinking back, like what we learned in uh, history class back in the day that, you know, before the continent split, that everything was like a part of Africa. Mm -hmm. And so as it split, like the people split off. So maybe they built all these structures um, during that time before the continents, the continents had shifted and moved around. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just ended up in these different places, but they were already there to begin with. 
Yeah, yeah. It, to me personally, like one of the areas that I find by far the most interesting is like the possibility of human history, like how deep it may really go is, is it could be staggering. I mean, you know, because the, the regular accepted, you know, idea in mainstream academia is, is you know, we've only been around for as, as far as a advanced culture for, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand years, something like that. Right. But I mean, it, I think it's completely possible that, that uh, well, I, I would agree with someone like uh, Graham Hancock when he says that we're a civilization with amnesia or a species with amnesia. Yeah, I think it's, it's totally possible that we've gone in through different incarnations and had to start over again because of a, a great catastrophe. Perhaps. I think so. Yeah, I, I would. I don't really believe that um, we are around for only that, like, um just a few thousand years i think it was probably mm. longer than that and um humanity goes in cycles like we we evolve to a certain point and then we screw mm. the pooch somehow and then kind of oh, restarts itself oh sure yeah that might i hope we're not at the end of a cycle right now but it seems like there might be some signs of <laughs> things the end is going not. awry <laughs> i i read before that a lot of scientists think that genetically we've been the same for about 200,000 years, maybe even longer. So mm -hmm. if you think about that, um, according to our accepted narrative, civilization doesn't go back further than 10,000 years at the very longest. And if we were genetically the same, what were we doing for that other 190,000 years, just kind of banging rocks together, you know? So mm -hmm. I think our current understanding does seem to fit in with that that we've had the reset button hit a couple times i'm not well, aware of like hard proof but it certainly seems plausible well you, you know what we were doing right we were, we were killing off all the megafauna in, in north america is what we were doing <laughs> the hunter gatherers you know of course because that's how hunter gatherers typically act right yeah well everybody's got to have a hobby <laughs> i don't think there were that many people around back then though I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, and also because uh, so like in North America for the longest time it was a, the Clovis Indian doctor, doctrine, right? Where, you know, the Clovis Indians came across the uh, I'm not sure if it was a, that group was called the Clovis that came across the um, Bering Strait, the land bridge or ice bridge during the last ice age of the Younger Dryas era. And mm -hmm. then, you know, came down into North America. Um, yeah, I think the, I think it was the Clovis people. Yeah, yeah. But um uh, there was a, uh, a construction project. Um, I think they were building like a, a either off ramp or some kind of a. Um, anyways, they were building like some off ramp or something like that in um, San Diego, and they had found some uh, mammoth uh, bones, and they had to stop the project. I forget what the uh, the name of the um, the find was. I remember reading, reading an article where they gave like a cool little name. But anyways, um, they had found that these uh, mammoth bones had been. You know, they had the telltale you know, uh, signs of being worked on by humans, you know, being cracked open for like the marrow and having, you know, um, processing signs, I guess you could say, you know, but hmm. they're, they're at a layer that, uh, predated any other accepted, you know, um, timeline, you know, they're there. Um, it was, it was somewhere around like a hundred thousand years or something like that is where, um, how old these, these, uh, bones were. So did they find like a mass grave uh, of mammoth well, it, bones? It was, it, well, it, I don't think it was a mass grave of uh, mammoth bones. It, it was uh, a mammoth uh, skeleton that had been worked on, had been processed by by people, oh, like hunter gatherers. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where, for the long longest time, it, was, it wasn't even accepted. You know that that was a possibility, and then they find this thing that just completely blows the timeline out timeline out of the water. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
like uh, well, like Gobekli Gobekli Tepli. I always have a hard time pronouncing that. <laughs> I just finished Tepli, up man. that episode, psych. you guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that that was a fun one to research because I didn't know that much about it before I started reading about it. It's a really really interesting site. Yeah, yeah man. I mean the, the possibilities because I mean they said that that site was was filled in at the end of the Younger Dryas era. You know, so it's that wasn't when it was built. That was just when it was filled in all at one time, man. That's, I mean, geez, that site is so damn ancient. You know, it's and it's advanced too. Yeah. Now, do you guys think the Vikings had access to portals and were the first ones to actually visit the American continent? I, th- uh, I don't know about portals. I thought didn't they get here on boats? Um, they have weren't there like fossils or or not fossils, but um, remains that they dug up that were like viking encamp encampments yeah but i first i was reading something and i can't remember where this was many years ago and they said that for them to come by boat it would have uh taken them so long that a lot a lot would have died and only maybe 10 or 15 would have made it and so like Mm -hmm. for that many to have uh gone and conquered this many this many places and like to have met all these different types of people they had to have access to a certain type of technology and i mean i don't know how much of that i believe but it's always cool to just like think about that well maybe they had a uh, maybe they had an anti-kathera mechanism uh, i would definitely like to re- I, have, I haven't heard that one before but it sounds interesting i think it's totally possible i don't know anything anything about it i haven't haven't seen that one at all before yeah, if you read a lot of their lore, um, like if you go into like the the Elder Edda and the, the Poetic Edda, you will mm-hmm. find like a lot of stuff that it seems like magic, but it might actually have been technology that they had learned somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were the advanced race before like it got reset or something. Huh. I think it's totally possible. Well, I mean, you have so many different... Um... Like that, like the the reset, like the the for example, like the flood myth or story, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different uh, similar stories you find throughout cultures around the whole world. You know, like you know, um, the Epic of Gilgamesh has a flood uh, story in it. You know, obviously Noah is, is the one that, that a lot of people know about. You know, and also you have you know civilization bringing um, characters like uh, I always get them mixed up. But, uh, I believe in the um, Aztec culture was Quetzalcoatl, and oh, the Inca yes, culture yeah. was Veracocha, I think. But I always get those two names mixed up. I forget if I'm, I'm citing it correctly or not. But there's so many similarities of people that, you know, were warned about a great catastrophe and, and survived the great catastrophe, and then they also brought back civilization and technologies afterwards. You know, and, yeah. Um, I don't think that's to me at least that's not a coincidence. I think there's so many uh, direct correlations there. I think they're they're telling a very similar story, but from different perspectives and, and possibly even different points in time as well you know right definitely makes you think oh heck yeah i mean that and that's one of the things too that, that always sparks my imagination is is dang if like especially when you look at you know uh i've never been to any megalithic sites although they're they're definitely on my bucket list you know one day traveling to a lot of these cool sites man but um you're looking at video and stuff you, it, the imagination runs wild what did this look like when it was brand new you know Right. Mm-hmm. What what were these people like? What were the cultures like? Jeez, because there's no doubt in my mind that we don't have the the slightest inclination really of of how they really were, you know. Yeah. But, well, I mean, for for some of the more ancient buildings and stuff, you know what I mean. Like yeah. even the even the Babylonian. 
um, we can only posit that we can't really we can't draw an accurate picture of what their day-to-day life was like or the kind of things that they had the how their society was we can only we could just speculate on that mm-hmm. man if only i had access to uh all those clay tablets that have been found in the middle east and stuff and if i could uh, read cuneiform like perfectly yeah right <laughs> gotta get a time machine <laughs> i know right it's the the amount of information from what I, what I understand uh, is, is substantial, and only, I don't know a whole about a whole lot about the that stuff. But you know about like that big cache of uh, cuneiform tablets that were found. Yeah. Um, and they were referring to uh, not Babylon. It was um, uh, what was one of the uh, Sumer. Sumer. There you go. Yes. Yes. Because um, I guess they they were really they were really uh, detail oriented. They 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 always tracked everything that was happening in the culture. Okay, yeah, I misspoke. Tablets, I actually meant I did, I meant Sumer, not Babylon. But I always oh, okay. come up with Babylon first for some reason. Yeah, well, well, wasn't wasn't the um, wasn't it like a Babylonian site that those uh, tablets were found in? I can't remember. Uh, it's been a long time since I remember because I I remember I uh, I watched uh, some lecture about that is is was where I got the information from. It was so long ago that. I don't know. Sometimes when you get down the rabbit hole and you, you, information starts jumbling up, you know. Yeah, you take in a lot of information and then you forget the source. Yeah, no, that's that's a, a constant problem for me. I have to go back and look at where did I find this out or where did I remember hearing this, you know. Mm-hmm. So going back to the giants that we mentioned, I don't actually know that much about it. Are there any like fossils or maybe giant-sized tools or some sort of physical evidence that's been found, or is it just? Um, evidence through like the hieroglyphs and stuff like that yeah i don't think there's actually evidence for uh like giant bones i don't think anybody's ever found that i could be Mm. wrong um i've heard tales of agents from the smithsonian like gobbling up that type of evidence you ever heard of that i have i've i have read that somewhere i forget where i read that but um i have seen that before yeah yeah no, it's, it's, I think it's uh, definitely possible. I, I've heard, I mean, I've never seen anything concrete myself, uh, like, relating to the subject, but I've heard, you know, a lot of stories of, um, you know, when, like, the early settlers in, uh, you know, in, in the United States came across West, they heard a lot of stories from, like, the Native Americans talking about these very, very tall, red-haired giants that were, um, they would they would get raided by, you know, uh, in ancient times or something like that, and um I, i've heard of uh, i've seen like like uh pictures of news clippings um uh-huh. but those those are could be so easily faked that you know it, it's not really yeah. there's so many there's so much misinf- misinformation dealing with this subject too because you just take one one search on google images and you'll find all sorts of doctored photos when it comes up across this type of thing you know yeah, yeah. i remember um sometime in the 80s the weekly world news and they said they had found uh, the bones of a giant Mm-hmm. And me being an impressionable youth, I thought there were giants walking among us. So, <laughs> yeah, just believe like Bat Boy was alive and like all that other crazy stuff. <laughs> like well, Bat Boy is real. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's one cryptid I'd like to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about that one. I've, I've heard of Bat Boy. Used to, be, used to be on the covers of the Weekly World News pretty much every week. Yeah, our National Enquirer kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny because supposedly National Choir and like those sell a lot of copies, those kinds of things, but I've never seen anybody buying it at the grocery store. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember as a child, just like as a little side note, being like always kind of an amazement that they even sold those things. Like I remember like questioning like that, having that question in my mind when I was a kid, who the holy hell buys this crap? Yeah, you just take one one quick look at the headlines and the pictures, and you're like, well, that's not real. You'd be surprised. I mean, you know they're not real, but they've got some fantastic stories in them. Yeah, I've heard they have some diamonds sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or some of their stories have ended up, like, being true. Yeah, they, they've broken some big stories. I, f- I forget which one, but there was... There was a recent one, like well, by recent in the last decade or so, that was a big story that got broke on the National Enquirer that ended up being true. Um, but I have to, I'd have to look it up. I forgot which one it was. <laughs> was it was it about Charlie Sheen? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Especially nowadays, I, I I find myself less and less paying attention to to news stories or the news cycle just in general, just out of frustration, to be honest. Right. Yeah. It's tiring. Yeah, I've know, come to right? the conclusion that it's all mostly just kind of made up or some kind of distraction anyways. They don't really report on the important stuff most of the time. No, because mm-hmm. good news doesn't sell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got to get that clip, those clicks, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I, I don't, you hear some people saying, oh, it's the left, oh, it's the right. You know, it's it's, it's somebody's fault, right? No, I, I think I totally agree with that. that's the, the, the reason why things are kind of so jacked up right now is, is because of the that clickbait culture, you know, that you're trying just to get the views and that's the only thing that really matters, right? Yeah. And the media keep uh, keep the people at each other's throats and so they don't see what's really going on and they really don't, mm-hmm. uh, they really can't complain too much about stuff until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I absolutely, I, I agree wholly in, in that theory. Um, and I actually think it kind of uh, is a nice little uh, uh, segue into one of our last episodes that we just recorded, which was re- um, in relation to the, the Federal Reserve and like centralized banking. Is that one of the reasons why uh, I, I believe why the, like, the Federal Reserve, for instance, was uh, able to be put through as um, easily as it was? Not that it was easy, I'm sure, but is because uh, a lot of uh, you know these these powerhouses in industry, especially the people who are um, you know. Uh, board members and, and world bankers um they already owned a lot of the uh, media outlets and all of the newspaper newspapers and stuff you know so they had a control of the information mm-hmm. it was a, a control of a large flow part of the flow and i don't think that's any, it's anything different nowadays either you know no probably not have you guys looked into the federal reserve or banking at all in your show no not we haven't even come close to that it's really interesting because so, I didn't know anything about it, but we wanted to do a show on it. It's one of Agent ETA's favorite topics. So I started researching it, and I, the first thing I did was watch this video he recommended called, the, I think, The Creature from Jekyll Island. And well, the, the book the book is, uh, there's a great book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, and it, it discusses like the uh, the meaning that took place and um, kind of like the, how the Federal Reserve was set up and, and planned out, you know, and the, the events leading up to it. But the, the, the documentary he's uh, mentioning is called the um, it's the Money Masters, or I think it's The Secret of the Money Masters. Something oh, is, like that. is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he says all this really wild stuff, and, and it I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, it's all complete nonsense, but I went, the more I checked, I couldn't debunk any of the stuff I checked. It all turned out to be true. <laughs> so it was a, oh, that was, that's a real wild one. I'm still editing that one right now, but it should be out yeah. shortly, maybe next week. 
Oh, I thought it was already out. I was going to go check it out tonight. No, I just put out the Illinois Triangles ones, but I'm still editing the Federal Reserve one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that definitely seems like something I'd check out. Really interesting. Yeah, that's... It's kind of one of those one of those topics. Like the more and more you get into it, I know that for some people it can be kind of dry material. Um, but for me personally, I've, I've always been kind of interested in history. I've always been more likely to watch a, a history documentary than like a, a action movie or something. Both are great, you know. Both are enjoyable, but but I, I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to know why, you know. Yeah. But um, just in general, I guess you'd say. But it's it's one of those topics. The more and more you get into it, the more like you're just like you gotta be kidding me right it's like the reaction you get from a lot of the stuff that you find out man like i like i have a theory that um the majority of uh you know all the assassinations if not all of them in this country are you know were either directly you know uh put into place by world bankers or, or the bankers that were you know in the federal reserve or the centralized banks that we've had throughout our history um i think it's, it's quite possible that all of them were all those they're basically hits uh, put on our presidents or whoever was tried to you know whoever they tried to assassinate like well for instance like the most um famous one that that people are going to know is jfk right mm -hmm. so shortly before jfk was assassinated that same year he uh put through uh, executive order 11110 and what that did was it gave the um the secretary of the treasury power to start printing silver coins coins that weren't borrowed at interest you know what i mean so it was one of the first steps I think that he thought that they could take um, and start the process towards getting like getting rid of a centralized bank, you know, because I mean, for, for listeners that may not know, I haven't listened to the episode, a, a centralized bank, you know, that, like when we have a, the Federal Reserve here in this country, they, they loan our government money at interest. So when you hear like a politician claiming that they have a, a plan to pay off the budget, right? Um, to pay off all the debt of the nation, well, that would have to entail getting rid of the Federal Reserve as well because the Federal Reserve is a private entity held for private profit, you know? So, you know, it's, it's you know, the, our government has basically no recourse uh, for auditing them or even really standing up against them because they control the flow of money and they control interest rates as, as well, you know? Oh, wow. Okay, see, I, no, I had no idea that. And so... Yeah when they say that our country is in debt like this many billions of dollars or whatever it is that means we owe yeah. the uh we owe the the federal reserve that kind of money not all of the debt but uh is the federal reserve but uh, uh, like the lion's share of it is is the interest that we owe to the federal reserve yes okay and one of the the other evils um is is fractionalized reserve banking as well so on a on a very very simple um you know, a, a very simple explanation would be like, say, if a, 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 the Federal Reserve loaned a bank one dollar, that that bank can turn around and loan out ten dollars. Well, where did that extra money come from? It, well, nowhere, right? But but you still have to pay the interest on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's 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 a it's a a shady deal. You know, it's there's no reason why the, a government shouldn't have the right to print its own money, right? Right. I think. Right. You know, but. I think, in a, a large sense, it's uh, this type of these type of practices have really held back the human race. You know, I think that we could be better off than we are now. You know. Oh yeah, I wouldn't scoff at that. I mean, there's uh, there's something to be said about the barter system. Like mm -hmm. I really, people are so infatuated with money and the cost of living, and mm -hmm. all of this other stuff that's going on. It's uh, basically got them hypnotized 
as to what's important in life. And it's not yeah. money that's mm -hmm. important. You know, there's there's lots of other things that are important. Well, I, I've also heard it described as a, a fear-greed dichotomy. Like you're, you're so um, worried about getting what you can while you can that's that's like you know it's, it's the rat race that you know you hear people mention sometimes you know it's you're only really worried about accumulating goods and yes you know whatever else that you know is related to that so it's it's it, we don't we don't think very much about spiritual things or give it uh, at least not in the western world you know um we don't give it a whole lot of uh consideration i think and i think there's a whole another side to like that type of intelligence you know what i mean yeah uh, have you ever looked into any of like like shamanism or like uh those type of spiritual journeys that, that there's a lot of people talking about that stuff more and more nowadays oh yeah i find that like every time i go on youtube it's always in my feed and i do mm -hmm. like to listen to a lot of the spiritualist people um, I don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent of things that they talk about, but a lot of mm -hmm. what they say, you know, if um, if you're dissatisfied with the way your life is, or you're dissatisfied with the way you're seeing the world, it's like you're waking up to what's really going on, and mm -hmm. I I can kind of resonate with that because it's uh you know I see a lot of things that don't really sit right with me, mm -hmm. and it's like uh, what you were talking about how how people have got the wrong the wrong way of looking at things mm -hmm. like you know try, try to get as much as you can before you die well yeah, what about yeah. what about making your quality of life better what about making somebody else's quality of life better um, yeah yeah how about wor worrying about the journey instead of the destination right yeah yeah I, I, one of the things i'm actually really interested in trying out one day it's another one of those bucket list things is um i, I would really love to go down to like peru or, or Brazil somewhere where I'm actually like working with a legit shaman and I would like to do a series of ayahuasca journeys um, Oh, wow. So I, I've heard I, I know right. It's 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 one of those things that kind of sounds far out But the more and more I hear testimonies from people who have actually done it and, and people that I, I respect like Graham Hancock um, He has a, 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 a couple books on the uh, the matter and um, it's it seems like it could be wild and it might be on the edge of uh, something I might be able to handle, but the type of perspective that I hear people talk about afterwards is, it sounds like that's, that's probably the only way to gain that type of uh, um, improvement in your life, you know, because a lot of people, it seems like like the, the ayahuasca journey forces you to kind of turn around and look at yourself um, yeah. and, and realize what you're doing wrong in your life to, to yourself and those around you too. And that's a difficult type of perspective to gain, I think, and very beneficial as well, I think, if you can. Right. No, we did a, uh, one of our earlier episodes was on entheogens. We were talking about like magic mushrooms, mm -hmm. um, LSD mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And a lot of those, um, a lot of those psychedelics really hold a mirror up to your psyche and you're mm -hmm. kind of forced. You can't turn away from it because, you know, how are you going to escape yourself? Um, oh, yeah, as long, as long as you can break past the waiting room, right? Yeah. And so I believe that in a way, the the easiest entrance to to begin that would be cannabis. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's how people kind of begin their journey with that. And then if they want to take it farther, they do like the DMT, they do the mushrooms, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Um, so it's really interesting. Yeah. I know Bobby Anthem, he goes on and on about DMT. So it would be great to uh, have him talk with you guys about that. Yeah, that's DMT is never, it's not something I've ever experienced. It, that that sounds wild though. I've, I've heard some people talk about that and 
that sounds like a quite a quite the experience oh yeah <laughs> i don't know but yeah it's a i think psilocybin is, is also one of the ones that interests me the most as well because I've, I've heard a lot of people talk very positively about some of those the results that they've gotten from um, either microdosing with psilocybin or you know taping taking um heroic doses of it and, and uh coming out the other the other side with serious perspective you know oh wow okay yeah, they're actually making some real headway with pharmaceutical-type advancements. It used to be, well, if it was some sort of recreational thing, it was completely off the table, Schedule 1, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they did a study with terminal cancer patients suffering from severe depression, and the ones that took uh, a recreational dose of psilocybin mushrooms had an 80% um it was 80% effective at reducing their depressive symptoms versus the first line pharmaceutical, which is like your Prozac and that kind of stuff is only mm-hmm. 30% effective. And, and, the and how, many, the, how many side effects does, uh, did the psilocybin have? Pretty much none that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. It didn't make you want to kill yourself. Whereas opposed to Prozac, yeah. a lot of people have suicidal thoughts and behaviors after, yeah. um, taking it. And so it was, um, like damn this was about 10 years ago when i had read a lot of the stuff that had come out on prozac and the fda had kind of just pushed it through the door anyway but Mm -hmm. it's it's not really good for your body it does so much damage yeah it's it's nasty stuff and you have to take it every day forever versus the mushrooms they had one or two doses and that was it they were pretty much good to go after that they didn't have to take it every day yeah, mm-hmm. but medicine is not based on healing anymore. It's all about making money and keeping people Absolutely. sick so they can continue to bring the money in. Right. Don't cure, and, don't cure them, keep them in treatment, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's it's, actually a whole conspiracy that ties into the pharmaceuticals. Wasn't it, um, I want to say Rockefeller or somebody who actually funded all the medical schools and made it into a system that prescribes medication to treat symptoms instead of uh actually curing the disease <laughs> really were you guys but, talking about that before i know i heard that on a podcast before i think that was on alien theorists i think they did an episode on that oh okay i knew i heard it somewhere because that sounded really familiar yeah, yeah i know a whole lot about that stuff but I, it, yeah it makes total sense for sure yeah keep them keep them hooked keep them complacent you know yeah, and don't ever cure anything, because then they're not going to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Dead Kennedy song, Trust Your Mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Mechanics aren't that bad, though. Yeah, mechanics but this is kind of like, um, you know, <laughs> lyrics go, TV invents a disease you think you have, so you buy our products, and soon you depend on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's oh, kind yeah. of well, the, the American way now. Yeah, yeah. well, it's like a, like a lot of the practices that companies have, like Apple is one, is one of the notorious ones. Um, what is it termed? It's um, designed obsolescence or something like that. Oh yeah, it's that that is so frustrating to me. It's like really, can't I just pay my money? It's already expensive as crap, you know. Like like an iPhone, for example, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. kind of product you want to talk about. It's it's already expensive as heck, man. Can I just pay for the damn thing and it works? You know, is that just is that too naive of me to to want? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's most products. I think cars are the ones that get me the most because they mm-hmm. definitely design those to break, and they're so expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's like Windows. The, uh, one of the 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 first things that comes to my mind uh, when you talk about that is electric windows. Um, mm-hmm. I used to have a 1962 Chevy pickup, 
and it mm. had roll up crank up windows you know just like the old school t style and the gear ratio was great you'd crank it a couple times and that big old beefy thick window pane would be up and up and you know you're, you're done with it you know but yeah once electric windows started coming out um they changed the gear ratio on on the crank windows to where it was it took a lot more cranks to get that window all the way up or all the way down and um they mm. made it annoying on purpose so you would want the electric windows because the electric windows cost them less to produce but they also charged more for them you know yeah conspiracy <laughs> that's a good one bastards. i didn't know that that's a fun one i like that <laughs> you know it's it's like damn it it's can't they just put a proper gear ratio on the thing like like i said my 1962 chevy pickup it, like a couple cranks two and a half maybe at the most and that one was all the way up or all the way down you know as easy as crap yeah but yeah yeah and where right. i thought you were going with the phone thing was um what apple does and the phone the uh the phone carriers are now doing is you've got to upgrade your phone pretty much every year because they mm -hmm. won't replace the parts on these phones they want you to get the newest item that comes out and and they they throttle the software too the older your phone gets they up when they update the software part of that update is to actually slow your phone down on purpose that way yeah, you want to make buy a you new trade one. it in yeah yeah they've well, actually also... been caught doing this <laughs> Well, and also the the longer and longer you have your phone, the more updates you have, the more space all that's going to take up as well. So yeah, you're, you're going to have to end up deleting crap from your phone, or your phone's just going to delete it for you because obviously the updates are more important than what you already got going on on your phone. You know? Yeah. You know what I find sad is that they're not being held accountable for any of this. Yeah. Yeah, and if they are, they get a, a minor fine or a minor penalty that's insignificant. It's basically just telling them to keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before we wrap it up, I'd like to ask you one more topic. Do you have an opinion on UFOs or aliens? Aliens. I... Or is it all is it all government technology? Or <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of just throwing that right at you, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I got I got a weird way of thinking that. Like, and if you've uh -huh. heard, uh, if you've listened to our show, um, Bobby's stance is he believes in uh, extraterrestrial life, whereas I believe in extra dimensional life. Oh, okay. Mm, yes, um, yes. So I I think that the aliens are from another dimension, mm -hmm. whereas I I don't really I don't really think they're from another planet because if they spent all that time you know however long it takes to come yeah, the to the planet to, to visit a, yeah <laughs> to visit a yeah, bunch of realistic. monkeys with guns um, I don't yeah. know it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I I believe in extra dimensional beings. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for that. So before we before we wrap it up here, do you have um, your, your Twitter account or your channel or anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, we're the Inhuman Experience podcast. We can be found pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, like <clears throat> iTunes, Stitcher, uh, sp recently Spotify, and our Twitter is iexp underscore podcast. And if anybody wants to send us an email. Um, has a question in human experience podcast 19 at gmail.com okay thank you so much for being with us today really enjoyed our conversation yeah thank you for having me on it, it was a pleasure <laughs>